Okay, Bible and Daily Lifers, here we are. We are finishing up the book of 2 Peter, which means we're through another book of the Bible, uh, making our way through, and we will be at the end of the book pretty soon. So here we go. We're going to pick up in 2 Peter chapter 3, finishing up one more book of the Bible. And again, this is the Peter that was in Jesus' inner circle. It's the Peter who denied Jesus around the fire when the servant girl came out and said, you are one of them. And he said, I don't know that man. Well, here he is, changed and transformed. That's the good news, isn't it? That uh, God is the God of the second chance and the third chance and the fourth chance and the last chance. Just keeps working with us and keeps working with us. And now Peter's writing this letter that uh, is now scripture and we're all reading it. Dear friends, I love that you know, addressing them as friends. He said, this is now my second letter to you. I've written both of them as reminders to stimulate you to wholesome thinking. Well, there we go. Let's think about things the right way. You know, what are the three R's of education? They say it's repetition, repetition, repetition. You can't say some things too many times. And here he's saying, I'm going to write to you again because I just want to stimulate you to wholesome thinking. You know, be balanced, uh, be wholesome. I want you to recall the words spoken in the past by the holy prophets, would have been the Old Testament, and the command given by the Lord Jesus, our Lord and Savior, through your apostles. So this is kind of interesting that he is at this point... He is likening some of the words of the apostles to Scripture, saying that some of these words that the apostles were speaking were, in fact, Scripture, the Word of God. How that all works, how the Holy Spirit works through people and takes things they say, and, you know, it's the Word of God. He uses individuals. Now, above all, well, I guess this is the important thing. Let's look at this one. You must understand. That in the last days, well, let's talk about the last days. The last days are talked about in Scripture. What are the last days? The last days in Scripture seem to refer to a period of time from the ascension of Jesus Christ to the return of Jesus Christ. Now, Christians throughout the centuries, throughout the ages, have all considered that they were living in the last days, and many of them have considered that they were living in the end times. So we're certainly living in the last days, the days before the next thing to happen is that Jesus comes back and establishes his kingdom. Uh, but are we in the end of days? That's the question. We're certainly in the last days. Are we in the end of days? You must understand that in the last days, scoffers will come. Ah, what about this? What about that? Scoffing and following their own evil desires. Ah, God, not about God. They'll say this. Okay, what is he going to say? Where is this coming he promised? Ever since our ancestors died, everything goes on just as it was from the beginning of creation. Well, that's called uniformitarianism, that everything has always been the same, that God has never intervened in history, that God has never intervened on the face of the earth, that God has never brought judgment on the face of the earth, that everything is the same, it's the same as it's always been. It's not the same as it's always been. It's not the same as it was in the garden. That's the big problem. 
the big problem is they sinned in the garden and it changed everything. It changed human beings, it changed agriculture, it changed atmosphere, it changed everything. Everything fell, everything broke. The thing is broken. And it says, you know, well, where's God? Everything's just the way it has always been. And I keep going on like this forever. Where is the promise of his coming? He said, but they deliberately forgot that long ago by God's word, the heavens came into being and the earth was formed out of water and by water. Well, that's kind of interesting. Um, out of water and by water. Very interesting there. By these waters also, the world of that time was deluged and destroyed. God destroyed the world by water. By the same word, the present heavens and earth are reserved for fire, being kept for the day of judgment and the destruction of the ungodly. Well, he won't judge the world again with water. He'll judge it with fire. It's going to be a new heaven and a new earth. But don't forget this one thing. All right, what is it? That with the... With the Lord, a day is as a thousand years, and a thousand years are like a day. So, um, this really falls into a lot of categories, and one of them is that God is not bound by time. We're bound by time. <clears throat> we live in the physical universe of time, space, and matter. And because there's time, space, and matter, um, we're stuck in this thing, time. But God stands outside of it. So there's no time for him. The creation that he has created, there's time there. We experience time, but he doesn't experience time. So you know, time doesn't mean the same to God as it means to us. And so we're all worried about the next moment. Days is a thousand years, a thousand years is a day. So now here's the important thing. The Lord is not slow in keeping his promise, as some understand slowness. God's going to do this. Just because he hasn't done it doesn't mean he's not going to. The Lord's not slow in keeping his promise, as some understand slowness. Instead, he is patient with you, not wanting that any should perish, but that everyone should come to repentance. So why hasn't Jesus come back? That's what people are saying. Oh, you know, you say he's going to come back. How come he hasn't come back? Where, where is he? Well, he's patient. And the reason he hasn't come back is because he wants some more souls to be saved. He wants some more people to come into his kingdom. And he's patient and he's long-suffering and he's looking for people to repent and he's looking for people to come to him. And so we should be about his business. Uh, many people are just super anxious for the Lord to come, especially when it's troubled times and especially when our lives are troubled. Come quickly, Lord Jesus. And, you know, they said this in the early church, Maranatha, even so, you know, come quickly, Lord Jesus. Okay, but uh, Jesus wants to win some more people to himself before he comes. So let's be about that business. Let's be about sharing Christ. But the day of the Lord will come like a thief. Well, uh, if you knew when the thief was coming, Jesus said you would have been prepared and would have made sure he didn't break in the, into the house. The heavens will disappear with a roar. You'll hear the sound. The elements will be destroyed by fire. And the earth and everything in it will be laid bare. There is a judgment coming. Well, where is it? Look, the Lord's not slack concerning his promise, as, though some, as some consider slackness. But he's patient, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Well, since everything's going to be destroyed that way, what kind of people ought you to be? Well, you're supposed to answer that question. 
since that's what's going to happen, since that's where it's going, since that's the flow of history and the direction of the flow of history, what kind of people should we be? Well, rather than leaving it to us and our little feeble minds to figure out what kind of people should we be, he actually answers the question for us. He says, you ought to live holy and godly lives as you look forward to the day of God and speed its coming. So I guess we can speed its coming. I guess we speed its coming by bringing people to Jesus, sharing the gospel, spreading this thing all around the planet. That day will bring about the destruction of the heavens by fire, and the elements will melt with the heat. But in keeping with his promise, we're looking forward to a new heaven and a new earth where righteousness dwells. And like a new heaven and a new earth, it's going to be a wonderful thing. Everything will be restored, the restoration of all things. So then, dear friends, since you're looking forward to this, and we are, we are, we're looking forward to this, make every effort to be found spotless, blameless, and at peace with him. That's how I, I want to live my life. Bear in mind that it's our Lord's patience that means salvation. Just as our dear brother Paul wrote to you with wisdom that God gave him. Now he's mentioning Paul. And Paul writing too. They've seen each other's letters. Pretty cool. He writes the same way in his letters, speaking in them on, on these, these matters that are hard to understand, which the ignorant and unpeople, unstable people distort as they do other scriptures to their own destruction. Now, this is interesting because now Peter is saying that the things that Paul is writing is scripture. Paul is writing scripture. How do these guys know this? I guess the Holy Spirit tells them it. <clears throat> Therefore, friends, because of all of this, since you've been forewarned, and we are, we just told this, be on your guard so that you won't be carried away by the error of lawlessness and fall from your secure position. Don't be led astray. Just stick with Jesus. It's all going to happen. Everything he said is, that's going to happen will, in fact, happen. But grow in grace and knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. To him be glory both now and forever. Amen. Let's grow in grace and let's grow in knowledge. And let's give praise to God forever and ever and ever. Amen. And we're supposed to say it together, so let's say it together. Amen. Hey, bless you guys. On to a new book of the Bible. Bless you.